0: Welcome into his frequency. Enter at your own risk. Come be at peace with me. Hall. Will we rise and don't fall? Welcome back to another episode of Baxter's Buzz. I am your host, Baxter E. Hall. Welcome to my brain. Welcome to my frequency. Enter at your own risk. Today I have a special guest, a returning guest to Baxter's Buzz. She is the president and chief strategist of Exodus Consulting, um, where they do leadership advisory and coaching, um, strategic initiatives and D E and I. Sandy Harvey, welcome back. Good to see you. Thank
1: you. Good to see you. Good to be back. Super excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um
0: we 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 chat uh, on occasion, uh frequently and thank you for always keeping me kind of grounded keeping me kind of focused on the right things and just your um mentorship and friendship has been like it's been an awesome thing and i'm grateful so so thank you for for sharing some of some of our you know conversations on on, on camera today
1: well i appreciate it and and it is my pleasure um i definitely am honored to be here with you always super excited to talk to you and you bring such a wealth of knowledge and insight so I'm always like looking forward to what we're talking about next
0: uh, yeah that's that's right exactly um, you, I think you <laughs> I think you you carry you know the, the you do the heavy lifting on that part but um last time we we kind of chatted and what well, one of the things we want to make sure we talked about um on the podcast was this changing in this in these corporate um structures around the role of DEI. I mean, we had the um the murder of George Floyd, we saw a more intentional um sort of intentionality around DEI kind of what that meant and the, like people were able to sort of get a better idea maybe the black experience and all of the marginalized communities, but especially like the black experience, and then and then there was like a wave of DEI um, mm-hmm. officers and managers and directors and, and and all that, and then we've seen a lot of those <laughs> folks kind of lose their roles. Those roles being eliminated almost as quickly as they as they came. Um, my first question is, what did people get right? Um, when they when they added these roles, and then what what are some things that people could have done, you know, a bit differently um, as well?
1: yeah, no, that's a it's really a good point. and and right after the murder of George Floyd, you had um just an outcry from employees um that their leaders heard. and you had these CEOs and and well-meaning. Uh, organizations that wanted to do something around the ENI wanted to make sure this doesn't happen again. And so, naturally, it's let's hire somebody to do this for us. Um, not thinking about the organizational culture, not talking about, I mean, the biggest struggle as I'm working with organizations and I'm talking to these CEOs or C suite. And I said, How do you hold leaders accountable? And mm-hmm. I get like the air is sucked out of the room because they're like, Well, what do you mean accountability? I'm like, We're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. How do you intend to hold leaders accountable mm-hmm. for the efforts that you're doing? And so, you know, the chief diversity officers sometimes they were hired with no budget, with no authority. Now, mm. They have chief in the name, but that doesn't mean, um, you know, chief diversity officer doesn't necessarily mean that um, it came with authority. Um, and then there's also, you know, what I've seen is that there's nothing internally from a cultural perspective that even lend itself for people to be kind and compassionate to one another. Mm. Um, and that, that doesn't have anything to do with color. That's just I'm going to treat you right, Baxter, because I'm going to be respectful to you. You know, I we expect integrity and ethics. And so um, some, some of the organizations just lacked budget. They did not know how to do this work um, and thought hiring a person was going to make everything better and different. And that didn't happen. And unfortunately, in some cases, especially as what we're seeing in the economy, is companies that were doing DEI work um, are not no longer doing it, and some are not replacing their chief diversity officer positions, um, and so it's almost we're back to square one as it relates yeah. to doing this work. And and so,
0: what you're saying, without I mean, you haven't you didn't say, it, but it, it's it's a cultural piece, right? Mm-hmm you can't send or bring one person into an organization and tell them to fix your culture. No. Um Especially, and um, I'm not saying this is everyone because uh, I know it wasn't, but there were a number, especially when leadership aren't really truly bought in
1: mm-hmm. to
0: this notion. They are doing it because it appeared to be the the right thing to do. Sometimes we have great plans and our um, intentions are good but we don't have the infrastructure in place and you talked about how do we hold these leaders accountable in in the org and what are we what are we aiming for are we aiming to say we have a role for this person or are we aiming to really change um our culture inside inside that that org
1: right and so that to me is It's interesting because when I think about the murder of George Floyd, most of us would say, oh, I would never do anything like that. I wouldn't do that. But we have so many broken systems in organizations that we're doing essentially that we are um, we tap people on the shoulder, but don't post positions. We have, you know, leadership uh, 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 development opportunities, but they're not for people of color. Or, you know, I've experienced it in my own career where someone says, oh, you know, you just, you know, you just need a little bit more training. I'm like, training for what? You know, I've got three degrees. What other, you know, I've got 20 years of experience. What what additional training do you suggest? Oh, well, you know, just, you know, just go to through this. And but going through that doesn't necessarily mean I, I'm i in the right place. So we have systems and organizations that um because of how we do the work um, and, and this diversity work is that we we have to be better at welcoming people in um, that don't look like us, don't act like us, don't think like us. And that's the hardest part because I naturally am going to promote somebody that acts and thinks like me.
0: Sure, sure. There, there, there are very few of us um, that really welcome a different perspective. It's hard yes. talking to somebody that don't think like you, especially, <laughs> you know, um, if that's not what you want to hear. Right. <laughs> um, there's plenty of people that we could find that will agree and see see things the way that we see things. But I would argue that we are missing out on some real perspective. And, um, you know... They say that you're only as good as the last time you've changed your mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And and so if we're not if we're not challenging ourselves, challenging our thinking, we're we're leaving a lot of opportunity to grow on the table.
1: Right. Absolutely. And, you know, that diversity of thought is where, you know, s- many organizations are still working to get to and, and you know, you may you have pockets of inclusion in an organization, on this team, on that team, but organizations overall struggle with how to be inclusive and what that, you know, what does that look like? You know, succession planning. Well, why is it a secret in the organization about succession planning? You know, who's the next successors? Like, oh, we're not going to tell anybody. I'm like, well, why? You lack transparency. People don't trust. And that's what we find in organizations we work with is that there's a level of trust the level of trust could be higher, and so when people don't trust you, guess what? They're like, "Well, I'm just gonna leave because I don't. I'm not sure about this organization."
0: Yeah. Talk about where where folks have the biggest opportunity to improve a, a, around just um, inclusion and equity, specifically.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, for me and organizations different companies that I talk to, and even when I share, you have people, diverse people in the organization. Let them share their story. I find that that is, you don't need to hire a consultant. You know, you can hire a facilitator to to help people with sharing their story, but this is like, you have great people in your organization. Baxter, tell me your story. Tell me how, What is Baxter thinking? How did Baxter get to where Baxter is now? So just listening, I I was working with one organization and um, one of the vice presidents was a black male and the CEO was facilitating this section. And this black male was actually sharing with the entire organization. This was on zoom um, about what it felt like to drive while black. Mm. Now, he shared it in a way that, you know, shared the experience about, you know, him ha- laying on the ground, face down, gun to the back of his head, you know, handcuffed. And the CEO was so captivated by that story. He shared his truth. And oftentimes in organizations, there's a lot of people walking around with truth and nobody's listening to them. Nobody. We don't mm-hmm. want to talk about it. You know, we want to talk about, you know, yeah. The, the gender differences or generational differences but there people are experiencing things that gave that particular VP a different perspective of, of of you know life experience and sharing that with the entire organization people were you know he said he had people coming up to him and and just you know really really embracing him and saying I never had to have a conversation with my kids around what to do if you get pulled over by the cop, you know. Put your hands on the wheel, you know, nobody, you you have to think about that. And so people really appreciate it. But I'm saying if we can share more stories, I think that would give us an insight into what folks are actually dealing with and what they're coming to work with.
0: You you got, I mean, you got me just kind of buzzing all over the place because I think about any any large organization that I've been a part of that's you know had these consultants come in doesn't have to be diversity work just general consult most of the time we was telling them all this stuff that this consultant told them eventually and they're like, we've done mm-hmm. this and we've worked with this and we've spent a lot of time we told y'all mm-hmm. you know um the the facilitation piece allowing the the, the the team members to share their experiences on a platform to add perspective to 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 garner garner ideas that's that's a huge part of it and that's that's the inclusion piece right yes
1: yep wow. that's 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 the work that and I tell people, I'm like, I, I can build a strategy. Yeah, our, our organization builds the DEI strategy. We can do that, but you still got people that need to connect with other people. Mm-hmm. Now that's the part. That's the hard work that has to be done. So I'm like, do it front. Start doing. Start letting people share their story of what it means, you know, you know, to be uh, an LGBTQ plus be in that community. What what does that mean, you know? I I've, I've heard one person tell me they said at the age of 4 I knew felt like I was in the wrong body. That's not my perspective. That's somebody else's perspective. Why not allow people to share the story of what they experience and how they feel marginalized in the workplace and what we can do to help overcome some of those things. We're going to have to understand it. But it helps the perspective, as you mentioned, is what really helps.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and when, when you talk about, you know, driving while Black and um, some of the things that um, I've experienced, and I won't speak for you, just dealing in you know, being in these corporate settings for so long. Um, and, you know, you get to work and you kind of leave all of that stuff there, mm-hmm. right? Nobody else is, you know... I think about I think about things like somebody's driving behind me and they're like kinda on my tail and I'm thinking, hey man, this is such a city. I won't say any city. This is such a city. I'm not speeding. You may be you may be right. more comfortable speeding and you go all <laughs> around me. It's these things that 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 many of us navigate. So right consciously right there's a lot of pressure to your point and then i'm trying to get to this job and then leave all that behind and show up in a certain way and 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 and, and not bring my entire self to to and, yeah. and then and then something something happens that triggers something that i'm and then People are looking at maybe me like something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they don't have the perspective. They don't have mm-hmm. the perspective. But if we had, if we were in um sort of if we had some sort of physical ailment that was noticeable, right. and everybody wanted to, you know, if I was walking around and I had a limp or a cast and people want to do the hokey pokey. They, mm-hmm. They'd say, maybe you want to stand sit out, or hey, maybe we could figure out a different hokey pokey day. or whatever, right? It's like, I'm being silly, but I'm being like serious. Like, um we've had to sort of shut everything down, walk into these spaces, and so much of who we are were, was connected to these experiences outside of our nine to five.
1: Right. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, this. Gen Zs, even some millennials, that's where they're demanding I am who I am and I need to bring all of me to work if you want the best out of me. And leaders, I know are struggling with, well I don't want that part of them. I just want them to do the work. But they you can't separate who someone is from the work that they do. And then, you know, I know in my experience I've had leaders that they wanted me to do the work, but they wanted me to do the work how they did the work. And I'm like, but that's that's where I'm struggling is because I need to do the work. I can get the work done. I can get the same output or better. I just need to do the work like I do the work, not mm-hmm. like how you want me to do the work. And it's not wrong because I didn't do it the way you want me to do it. And so in thinking about even how we're treating um, these generational five generations of the workplace. How we're treating people, we have to understand. I had one leader tell me that's like, well, I, I keep calling the, you know, my the team member, and you know, they call me at HR, and like, I'm like, okay, who, did you try texting them? Well, no, I want them to pick up the phone and talk to me. I'm like, well, <laughs> there's a different way. If you want, if you really want somebody to talk to, you, just try texting. they'll, they'll respond you know yeah. they they responded to me <laughs>
0: it, it's it's um it's really the simple concept of meeting people where they are and if you have to meet you know physically meet them halfway um if you have to you know text get out of your comfort zone to get into their world that you don't know how much that would mean to them
1: yeah it's to meet them where they are and then one of the things that I use in training is talking about the platinum rule is to treat others as they want to be treated we grew up or at least I did on the golden rule treat other people as as you want to be treated but Mm -hmm. realizing that we're all different like and I use this example and people understand, I don't like chocolate, but people give me chocolate for gifts all the time. I am not, I bring it home, give it to my husband. But if you don't know enough about me to know I don't like chocolate, then you're just thinking, well, I just keep giving her stuff and you know she's satisfied. While I'm treating her, somebody's treating me as they want to be treated, not how I want to be treated, right?
0: Yes. I, I, I... You, you, I've heard you say it so many times, and I think about that, you know, often. And I try to not correct people, but but offer that perspective. It, yeah, it, it's no, it's a it's it's a ju- it's a very nice gesture to treat people the way you would want to be treated. But there's a there's a level above that, and yes. and, the, and the empathy um, that we need to employ um, and apply so that we can again get get in people's worlds. Um, I think about that so um, I'm working on this networking presentation right and one of the things that I'm talking about is like value like making sure or doing your best to sort of offer value to someone Here's here's the trick how can I offer value to Sandy if I don't know what Sandy values right so Sandy don't like chocolate. Okay. So that's not a, I may love chocolate. Um, I, I may think the business that I'm in, or you know, it's just the you know best thing since the internet. But if that's not a, a a service or a business that Sandy is interested in or or needs at this time, then that's not where I could offer her value. But if I don't ask hey. enough questions. To, to understand that, then I am ass- assuming, and uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing a lot of swinging and missing that way.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes leaders, and, and I feel for leaders now because they're overwhelmed. They're doing a lot of work. They're trying to lead. You know, um, we've changed leadership structures of, of what organizations look like, so people are generally doing more with less, fewer people. Um, but if you just take, if, if somebody, I look at it as an investment. So if you invest 15 minutes in, in caring and concern for your team members, it will have exponential returns, but it's convincing people that if you take the time and can, you know, demonstrate concern and compassion like you like you generally care Mm -hmm. it which we're not doing this in the world around us which is a whole nother we'll have to talk on a whole nother one Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: you know we are now being influenced by the culture and coming in you know and so we have to think about how can these organizations and companies actually do work to impact the communities around them—that's that's where we, to me, where we want to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. It 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 starts internally, right? It starts it starts at home. It starts inside the organization. And then you know, I was on the call um, recently. Um, at, uh, Jim Capnick was talking. It was, you know, like a, our monthly sort of um, just kind of update. And we, we talked about the uh, keynote that we had at our event recently. And he shared some of the lessons and said, we want these things to for you to apply these inside the organization, but also apply them the rest of your lives, too. And I mean, that's what really what we should be trying to accomplish is, hey, these lessons just don't work here. They work. They work everywhere. They should. And that's how you connect with the person. Um, and not the role per se, you know. And when people feel seen, they they tend to work a little a little harder for you, and they they tend to have a a better idea of how their that, that their work is connected to the work of the of the org, and it's not siloed it's siloed out, right?
1: Yeah. No, but,
0: absolutely. Talk about so we you know we've talked about this this piece. Exodus Consulting is doing some really cool things as far as these like fractional diversity officer roles for um, for these organizations that maybe don't know where to start and they need they they know they need something but they don't know exactly how to go about getting it. Talk about the work that you and your team are doing going into these organizations and sort of offering that fractional diversity um, officer um sort of perspective and 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 like uh that lens to look yeah. you know, look at the org through
1: so we you know um realized a few years ago we've always done the dni strategy um and provide you know consulting and, and advising especially for c-suites helping them really understand what doing this work is about um it's it's not um i've had often had uh some of my C-suites really be like, oh my gosh, they didn't want to do the work because they didn't know the work, which you understand that. And so I have compassion around that. And I'm like, I'm not asking you to be an expert. I'm just asking you to be open. And, and once you say that, um, it has been very helpful. So we've gone in and helped organizations with um, diversity strategy, with really hearing, getting a pulse from what. Their team members are actually feeling. So we, you know, do an inclusion assessment. We'll do the diversity strategy. You know, we do training later. Um, training is not the first thing because it's not strategic, <laughs> and it doesn't last, um, especially if you don't have expectations uh, around it. And so, really, being able to support organizations without them going to uh, hire. A chief diversity officer as the first thing. Um, oftentimes companies struggle when they hire a chief diversity officer from the outside. No one, you know, really knows the organization or inside, but they don't have the authority. They don't have the budget, um, but we do it at a fraction um, of the cost. But really our goal is to create Inclusive environments and provide organizations with the tools to be able to do that. So build build out their um, diversity council, how to start ERGs. You know, we give playbooks on how to do all of this work um, that usually one person can't do, and it's impossible and it's wrong. It is absolutely wrong in some companies what they expect the chief diversity officer to do. And as you said, is to change the culture. And I'm like, this one person can't do it. Mm-hmm. They cannot do it alone, Um, and so um, our goal is, and I've been fortunate to have uh, great clients to work with um, these (laughs) CEOs and um, HR professionals and leaders, um, being able to really talk to them and be transparent about this is only going to get you so far, and what do you do next, and we build out um, anywhere from a 24-month to a 36-month strategy, and it's been great.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, kudos to you. This is important work. Um, I, I, I had a conversation. I had you in mind when I when I mentioned this. You know, I was. People ask me to share my experience, and I'm more than happy to share my experience, um, work wise or whatever. Um, but when I'm asked to like talk about like DE and I per se, I think there's people more qualified right i could definitely speak from my my experience or my vantage point but we need to make sure that when we have these opportunities that we don't that we take these opportunities seriously um and and that we're getting the right people in the room to have absolutely. the right conversations absolutely um and you the folks at Exodus the, the what you all are building is a is a sort of a foundational like infrastructure that corporations can sort of build upon mm. and but it starts with the foundation we can't go mm. in you know my my uh, my daughter came into my office and it's like one like one of these pillars like in the basement and she said this I don't this don't look good can we just I said it's holding the, the house <laughs> hold right right and she said well can't we just make it sm-? no baby it it's kind of there. For the yep. structure, right, and we can't jump into the third floor, um, right. trying to do some things, and we don't have that structure. And so, kudos to you and your team for your vision, for your intentionality, and for your expertise in in this space because it it's it's making the, each org better, but it's 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 making the, the the world better, but it's it's making the world better at a very deliberate sort of better each day type of sort of you know like mindset
1: yeah my my husband says um one time he was preaching and he said each one reach one and so that's our philosophy is you know we can touch one person and that you know one person can touch another person so when we share our experiences you know um, just like you share your experiences and you inspire somebody you don't always know that but somebody's inspired by you. But the more we share our experiences, the more we have the opportunity to inspire and to engage others. And and that's the work that um, you know we do at Exodus. We share our stories and we help uh, organizations become comfortable with sharing their stories. It's like, okay, you're gonna do this work, but now, how are you involved in the community? Because anyone that does this work, if you're a company and organization and you do it internally only, and you're not focused with connecting with the community, means that there's still more work to do.
0: That's right, well said. Um, She is the president and chief strategist of Exodus Consulting Group. Sandy Harvey. On behalf of Sandy, I just want to let everyone know who's watching this or listening to this that you are all capable. You're Don't discount the ripples that you're making and, and the waves that you are ultimately making in the lives that you are impacting. Um, you are all capable. You just need to embrace your own frequency. So on behalf of Sandy, I am Baxter E. And until next time, peace. Welcome into his frequency, enter at
1: your own risk. Come be at peace with me, ask the call where we rise and don't fall.